Amen. 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Isn't that the truth? Come on. Isn't that the truth? How many have seen any false prophets today? How many have experienced false teachers? It's, it's there. It's, it's here. It's in our midst. Those that would like to take advantage of. Those that would like to capitalize on. Think about it. This was, uh, John, remember the context of this. He's writing to people that were in a big collective church in Jerusalem that are now scattered, that are meeting in house churches. This is very applicable to us today. During these times, during this time of, of disconnecting, in this time of distraction, we should listen to the author as he says, listen, there's false teachers. There's people that will offer you something for you to cling to in this time that is not good for you. Let's go to the next verse. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Hereby know ye. This is how you know if it's the right spirit. Every spirit that confesseth, man, I'm about to have a, a Holy Ghost stomp. How good are your shocks on this truck, Kyle? I'm telling you. Hereby we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That's how we know. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Listen, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We've heard that text before, haven't we? Now put it in context. Now put it in understanding that he is in you, the Holy Spirit is working, he is connecting you so that you're not deceived, so that you don't believe false prophets, so that you don't fall away. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is the spirit within than the false teaching that is without. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth it, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Just simple. Plain and simple. This is how we know the spirit of truth. And this is how we know the spirit of error. Think about that. I need you to follow. I'm about to, I'm about to take you on a journey this morning. Are you ready? I need you to follow along. Uh, follow along as we hit these scriptures and go other places and really, I think, land where we need to land uh, today. God's spirit versus the spirit of Antichrist. We're going to explore the tension today in this text between God's spirit and how it teaches and directs us versus the spirit of Antichrist that is in the world. If we are not careful, we will be deceived in our connection to God and we will be given a false connection that will render us useless for the sake of the gospel. Listen to me, if you're joining us on Facebook, uh, this is extremely important that you understand that you're not controlled by a false spirit, a false teacher, what you think maybe God is leading you into and God is not. How do we discern? John is very careful to tell us how we discern. Every spirit, listen to this church, every spirit that confesses Jesus has come is of God. That, that's pretty clear, isn't it? 
Hey, hey, let me help you this morning. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come, that is of God. If you're wondering what's true, what's false? What is right, what is wrong? What's right is everyone who says that Jesus has come. Jesus, it was God in the flesh. He was manifested. He came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as believed him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, we have to understand that the line of truth and error is the line that Jesus himself presents us with himself. The spirit of error does not confess that Jesus has come, and that is the spirit of Antichrist. Let me explain something to you, church. There's a lot of voices out there that are trying to offer advice, that are trying to offer a better life, that are trying to, put it simply, honestly, control you to a place where you can uh, give ear to, and, and maybe you're being led by your feelings because you need to feel better. Maybe Jesus had led, has led you to a place that's difficult, and you don't like what the gospel is telling you, but but you need to hear what Jesus is telling you. You need to confront your feelings with the gospel and not with something that makes you feel better. Because there is a spirit of error. I love this. We find a reminder here in verse number four. Ye are of God. What does he say? What's next? Little children. I like that. Little children. And have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Here is the reminder. You are of God, little children. Let me remind you guys of something. We are of God and that we are the children of God. If you needed to hear that this morning, guess what? I needed to hear it. We are children of God. Look at your children on this Mother's Day. Look at those that you have brought into this world and understand that how you feel about them is how God feels about us. There are certain pains, there are certain things that we would love to keep our children from, but when we keep them from those things, they do not grow. They do not mature. They do not understand. They do not grow in the knowledge. We need to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Therefore, we understand that we are God's children and he must grow us in grace. Thank you, blower. Help us, Lord. And the neighbors don't care. <laughs> I love it. The reminder that we are God's children. I want your spirit to be connected to God's spirit this morning. Listen to verse 5. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Let me ask this. What is from the world? Let me ask you this question. What is from the world? Here it is error. The world listens to the world, and that is anyone that rejects Jesus. Follow my logic here. Ephesians 6.1. Children what? Obey your who? Come on, let me hear you. Children what? Obey. There we go. Your who? Parents. It's a natural thing for children to obey their parents. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> After they're trained and taught. <laughs> Children obey. It's their rightful position. Let's put it that way. It's their rightful position to obey. Children obey. Here's what Ephesians 5, 6 says. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Are you obedient to your heavenly father or are you obedient to the gods of this world? Remember the context. First John is trying to connect us to our father. He's trying to lead us into a connected life, a connected relationship with him, with God. And what does he say? The God of this world is the lust of the flesh. 
The God of this world is the, the lust of the eyes, and the God of this world is the pride of life that is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth, what? Forever. Here's what we have. We understand that there is a voice that is speaking to the children of disobedience, and there is a voice that is speaking to the children of God. Which one are you going to obey? Which one, when presented with the truth, when presented with the facts, will you hear the voice of the world, the voice of Antichrist, the voice of those that do not believe that Jesus has come in the flesh, that do not believe that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is the answer to every problem. The gospel confronts every problem, every issue, and it fulfills it. But will you be obedient to that voice, or will you be obedient to the children of disobedience, to Satan? Remember your sonship. I got a new word for you. I just made up a word. Remember your daughtership. Remember who you are. Remember that you are God's and that he has, he has adopted you into his family. This is a theme. This is a message that the author is preaching through this book. Remember love is the what? Remember last week's message if you watched it, if you joined us online. Remember love is the what? Verse 7 and 8, right here in our text, we watch that theme continue. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If you love, you have been born of God and know God. That's what verse 7 says. If you don't love, then you don't know God. Verse 8. And, and this is going to really confront love in a minute. You think, oh yeah, I love people. I'm good at that. We'll see. Do you love people the way God wants you to love people? Why? We talked about this. A little bit of, uh, you know, this, this idea is repeating itself. Why? why? Why do we connect to God? Because God is love. How? How is God love? How is he able to connect us to himself? Jesus. God is love. How? God sent his son. He proved it. In this text here, we find that that is literally the how. How this whole thing works, how it all plays out, is when we confess Jesus, we are saying we're a part of the plan. We understand that, God, you came down from heaven through your son, Jesus Christ, and that is how you chose to love us. Now what? What? We can now live through Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is love. How? He sent Jesus. What? We can now live through Jesus. When we live through the truth, you need to listen to this. When we live through the truth, the error remains erroneous. I am blown away by how many Christians believe error. I'm blown away by how many children of God fall for some of these tricks. And, and I, I, I listen to it and I, and I say, you know, I just don't think, I don't think that's what the, the Bible is saying. I'm not sure that that's what God intended. But, but see, when, when we live through the truth, this is not something that is cerebrally, un, it, it is understood, but it's not the point. The point here is not for us to understand all the things that God wants us to understand. He wants us to accept him as a person. And when we accept him as a person, we are accepting Jesus. And when we accept Jesus, he has quickened us to live out in love. And when we live it, error remains error. How many of you struggle? Be honest. You say, I struggle with, with knowing what's true sometimes. I struggle with understanding what's false and what's not. Well, understand this, that if we're living through the truth 
and not just, you know, those people that want to constantly study the Bible, but they don't want to ever do the Bible. When we live the truth, error remains erroneous. But watch this. When we live through error, truth to us becomes erroneous. When we live through error, when we are deceived, which is the point of this passage, there were people that were confronting those that were in these house churches and they weren't uh, in the same type of flock that they were in before and they were presented with error and they believed it and they started living what they thought was truth, but they were actually living error. That's a problem. The author takes us back to the experience of love. Watch this to calibrate our compass of truth. The author here in the text takes us back to calibrate the compass of truth through the experience of love. We left off last week with the thought that our commandment following will sound like confident, reassuring dialogue. Then the author gives us more insight and takes it up a notch. This is where, I don't know if you're ready for this, I don't know if you're ready for where he's about to take us on this journey of what love actually does, of what love actually shows us, of how it confronts error and allows us to live in the truth. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss Tanya. Here we go. Here we go. We did not initiate the love, and the love did not originate with us either. Listen to that truth. We did not initiate the love, and the love did not originate with us either. Verses 9 and 10, listen to the text. If you have your Bibles, read it with me. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, this is what we're talking about, that we might live through him. Watch verse 10. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation or the appeasement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Do you understand how that transcends? When you think that you are the source of love, when you think that you have the ability to make this thing happen, when you think that you're in control of this situation, I would ask you to take a step back. And understand that you're walking a fine line in error. At some point, a spirit in the world has discussed something with you. Maybe it's your pride. Maybe it's a point where you were like, man, that felt good doing that for somebody else. Man, I enjoy serving. I love how that makes me feel. Somewhere along the line, you have substituted living, and it's not through Christ. It's something you're doing. That's a fine line of error there. Here's a truth. A truth that will center us in our service for God. Here's a truth that will center us and protect us from error. Guess what? The love that you're loving with didn't start with you. It did not originate with you. Hey, did you hear that this morning? The love of God did not originate with you. Jesus is the revelation of God's love. Follow me here. Jesus is the revelation of God's love. And being like Jesus is the revelation of God's love in us. Listen, Jesus is the revelation of God's love. And being like Jesus is the revelation of God's love in us. That's truth revealed in us. 
We're not here to make ourselves look better. We're here to make God look awesome. We're here to reveal Jesus in ourselves. Nothing of ourselves can add to anyone. Nothing of ourselves can, can affect a change in anyone. The only thing that affects a change is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The love of God came to you. The love of God saved you. The love of God quickened you to become a child of God. It did not originate with us. When we believe that we are something, we will fall for anything. But the love of God and the truth of Jesus manifested in you is God revealing himself through us. Are we trying to be revealed? That's an error that we have to be confronted with. When Jesus is revealed in us, watch this. We are complete in him. Let me ask you this. Where would the devil lie to you about this? Where would the devil lie to you about this? Where at some point could he sidetrack you to get you off track? How many of you think the devil wants you to reveal Jesus to the world? How many of you think the devil just can't wait for me to reveal Jesus to all my coworkers, for me to reveal Jesus to all my children? He just can't wait. No, he's trying to prevent that. All the error that is present in the world is there to derail one thing, your relationship with God. So how would he, as the master of all lies, deceive us? Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. 1 John 4, 17 through 19. L look at listen to this. If you have your Bibles, look at it. 1 John 4, 17 through 19. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness, watch this, in the day of judgment. Boldness in the day of judgment. I can't tell you how many Christians... I have talked the last few months that are scared to death of what's coming, that are scared to death of what's happening. And John's saying, I'm writing this that you'll have boldness in that day. And we're scared. We're scared. We're like tail tucked between our legs. And John's saying, I, I want you to have boldness in the day. Why? Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear, watch this, hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, here it is again, because he first loved us. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the devil derails. The devil gets error. He injects error into our life when we are scared. I'm going to help some of you this morning. When you are scared about what's coming... Be careful, you're an open target for error. If he can get you wondering, if he can get you questioning, if he can get you saying, well, I wonder if, uh, slippery slope. Here's what he does. Listen to this. He uses fear of punishment and fear of judgment. He uses, tell me I'm wrong, he uses fear of punishment and fear of judgment. He throws it in your face, everything that you've done. He tells you how worthless you are. He explains to you that a, a God's so holy and so righteous that if you live that way, he's not going to save you. He explains, what does he do? He changes the narrative. He flips the script to where you now are living in such a way where you think love originated with you. Where, where you think that it all depends on how you love. Where it all depends on how you are going about your business. But we don't see that from the text. We see that love originated with God and that when we have the love of God, it is something that he gave us and that he wants to live through us. He's not asking you to do something on your own that you weren't able to do from the beginning. But the devil positions you 
against God. He puts your works in front of the work of Christ. And he says, aren't you scared you're going to mess up? And then he uses the fear of punishment and the fear of judgment. How many, how many have been crippled by the fear of your sin and what it's done in your life? How many have been crippled by the fact that you're not good enough to get to heaven? How many have been crippled by the fact that you're not good enough to be a gospel witness to your coworkers? There's a fine line here. A fine line, and I believe strongly after reading this that the spirit of fear is a spirit that is working in our churches today. And he is using that spirit to inject all kinds of error. And here we are, we become these facades, we become these Christians that think that it's all about the look, all about how we're perceived, because we are scared to death. We need to be confident in what Jesus is doing in his church and what he's doing today, in what he can do through us. Let me read you a scripture. You ready for this? We turn to the word of God. Oh my goodness gracious. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Watch this. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead and your life, watch this, is hid with Christ in God. You may need to turn me down a little bit, man. I'm just saying Satan is using old news to terrify, a.k.a. death. Satan is saying, do you understand that sin brings forth death? Do you understand sin brings forth judgment? And he's constantly bringing that narrative into our lives. When we have a global pandemic, do you understand you could die? Of course. But when that reality becomes right in front of our face through every news outlet and media that is present on the face of the planet, it cripples us with fear. But if we understand scripture, our lives are hid in Christ. Satan is using old news. We know that we're all going to die. We know that we all face that because of sin. But what is this? Jesus is using good news to glorify God himself. Where Satan is using old news, the gospel is the good news. We are saved from our sins. We are saved from the fear of sin and of death. Paul said, oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? When we focus on our life, when we focus on our actions, we can very easily be derailed in error. When we focus on what Jesus did for us, on how Jesus lived, we can then focus on channeling his life through ours. Our lives are hid in Christ. Why let the devil leverage something that you already know? Why let the devil use death as leverage for you to believe something that isn't true? Don't we know that death is inevitable? Don't we know that the judgment of the lost is inevitable? Don't we know, church, that the gospel is the answer to that? So why would we believe a lie? We do it every day. We wake up, and the sin that we had yesterday is we put our feet down on the ground, and we start to roll out of bed, and he hits us with it. And if you realize that the love of Christ and what he did for you and all that he went through to save you, you'll confront the devil his error with that truth. And you'll say, I'm living in Jesus' victory today. I'm not living in my past. 
Hey, devil, you want to condemn me? You want to use fear of punishment? You want to use fear of judgment? Let me help you with something. There is no condemnation that I am facing because I am in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm confessing it to the Father. I'm letting him know that I'm going to do better today through Jesus. Through my love that I have that was given to me by him. My goodness gracious, can you believe that God would love us? Can you believe that he would set his affection on us? Through our weakness, through our insecurities, he came down and redeemed us. Why would we believe anything else other than that truth? Fear is a position and it's a tactic. Fear is a position and it's a tactic. If you are sitting in the position of fear, I encourage you to move. (laughs) If you this morning are in a place where you're scared to death, I encourage you, listen, I get it, I understand, we're all susceptible to it, because we're all human beings that have sin. We're this side of glory, we don't have our perfected bodies yet, his kingdom hasn't come and been completely fulfilled on earth, but his spirit is greater than he that is in the world. You don't have to live in the position of fear, because we have a position in Jesus. It's a position and it's a tactic. Let's not set in the position where Satan can get an advantage. Let's not let him use a tactic. Let's memorize scripture. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's understand every day that he is there to live through us and that that living through him will produce faith. Listen, where does Jesus prevail over the devil? Do you need that reminder? Hi, good to see you. Do you that was River. Do you guys need a reminder this morning of where of where Jesus prevails over this fear tactic? How many of you want a reminder this morning of where Jesus prevails over the tactics of the devil? Anybody? Do you guys want you want to hear it? Awesome. Let me let me let me share it with you right here. Where does Jesus prevail over the devil? Look at verse number 10. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He sent his son to be the appeasement or the propitiation for our sins. Let me, let me help you with something. Where the devil has fear, oh, this is good. Jesus has fact. Where error is slippery and where error is, is hard to discern sometimes. Where is that true? Is that not true? What do I believe? Jesus says, let me help you with something. I came in the flesh. Fact. I died. Fact. Let me give you another one. I rose again on the third day. Fact. Woo. Where the devil puts a position and a tactic of fear, Jesus comes through with fact and he says, let me help you with something. I'm the answer. I'm the one who loves you. I'm the one who has done everything for you. Jesus has used fact. How can we be sure of the truth and not fall for the lie? Thank you once again for asking. 1 John 5, 1 through 4. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ. Hey, hey, let me help you with something. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that he is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Watch this. Even our faith. Woo! Even our faith. 
not even our ability, not even our ability to make this thing happen. He's saying, I came to you. I enabled love for you to live with that love. And it is a perfect love. It casts out fear. It puts you in a position that you can live by faith. You see, when you're trying to find the facts, when Jesus has already given you the facts that he's defeated death, hell, and the grave, you see, when we're searching as Christians trying to preserve something that he's already preserved and he's already done the work and he's already put all the effort in, then we're missing the point. We're missing the point. Here's what it is. How can we be sure through 1 John 5, 1 through 4, how can we be sure of the truth and not fall into the lie? We're laying in the plane. Number one, love what God loves. Love what God loves. We've hit this point over and over and over again. Why? Because the author is continuing to bring this point up over and over and over again. We need to love what God loves. Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten by him. If we're loved by Christ, if we accept that, then guess what? We're going to love other people. If we accept the love of God, then we are channeling it and not controlling it. Ooh. If you're controlling your love, if you're parsing it out, if you're putting yourself in a position where you only love certain people, then guess what? You're controlling love. That's not you. The love of God is channeled. The love of God is something that you let go of and you love enemies and you love people that don't love you and supernatural behavior starts to take over. That's how you know you're living in the truth and not in a lie. But wait a minute. If I live in that truth, I might not have as much money. I might not have as much fill in the blank. You're right. You just might give. You, you just might get outside your comfort zone. You just might love someone and change someone's life through the love of God that you never thought possible. But are you living in the position of fear and the tactic of the devil? If you are, I invite you over to the fact that Jesus has solved every problem that you're facing today. And that if we live through him, we can be sure never to fall through any error that the devil offers and we will live in the truth. How do we live in the truth? Love what God loves. That's what 1 John 5 is saying. Hey, how many of you love people? Come on. How many of you love people? Amen. If we love people, it's because we are loving what God loves. I encourage you today to love through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? When you, when you, when, when, when it is brought to your attention that someone has done you wrong, don't stop loving them. When it's brought to your attention that something isn't going to go your way, I encourage you to keep loving. I encourage you to keep on pursuing loving people because that is what God loves. And when you love the way God loves, you are living in truth. You are more susceptible to error when you don't live in God's love. Here's the other thing I find. At the end there, verse 4, he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Watch this. This is it. You ready? Here's the point. Even our faith. Even our faith. Number one, love what God loves. Number two, number two, display faith when the devil is using fear. Display faith when the devil is using fear. Say it with me. Display faith when the devil is using fear. Say it again. Display faith when the devil is using what? Display faith when the devil is using fear. Let me help you with something. 
the devil can only rewind the movie and play it again. He cannot create volume two. Jesus is ready to launch season two if you're ready for it. Understand that, that if this is a Netflix series, the devil's only got season one. And guess what? Season one has come to an end and Jesus is about to launch season two. Why? Because he creates, he makes new, he brings his kingdom to earth. And we haven't even seen what he's going to do yet. We can only begin to see what the Holy Spirit has done in us, has done in our hearts. What we have gone through in transformation, guess what? He's going to do it with the whole world. You think this disease is something? It's nothing compared to our God. He will conquer death, hell, and the grave just as he did when Jesus rose. He will do it. He will come a second time. He will redeem everything that we see. Season two is coming. And we're a part of it. We're bringing it together. We are the actors. We are the camera crew. We are positioning him for the greatest season of all. When the world is completely redeemed. When his kingdom has come and new heavens and new earths are here for us. Understand this. The devil can't create season two. All he can do is, wait, 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 wait. Hit rewind. Play that again. Show him. Show him what they did. He's just a manipulator. He's just a liar. He just shows you clips. But the truth is, is that Jesus has defeated it. Jesus is living in fact. And he wants you to live in that with him this morning. If the devil has you in the position of fear, let's change it. Let me give you this last illustration. How many like roller coasters? Come on. How many of you hate roller coasters? <laughs> wow, that's a pretty even split. Over here. How many like roller coasters? How many of you hate them? You guys are thrill seekers. Only one. Yeah, okay. I'm not, yeah. So here, here's a thought here for you. You know, they have that, that ramp right when you get up and you're listening to the roller coaster, right? Because usually it comes right out of the gate. I like roller coasters. And you start to climb up that first hill and it's click, 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 click. To the person that has a struggle with heights, to the person that has a struggle of fear uh, uh, to going super fast, all of those clicks produce anxiety. They produce fear. Those sounds almost are too much to handle. And as you get up to that moment when you got to take a step into that line, it's beyond the point of what? No return. But there's that exit ramp, right? There's that exit ramp that if you get all the way up there to the front, it's that last chance that if you can't handle it, if you can't get on that ride, you got to take the walk of shame, right? Off and go around and watch everybody else have all that fun because you just couldn't handle the fear. What's the fear? I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm scared of ice. Listen, the fact is, is that life is a bunch of ups and downs. Life is highs, it's lows, it's fasts, it's slows, right? But ultimately, we have the promise that we are safe in him. If we get in the seat don't take the walk of shame. The devil gets you looking, what would it be like to live a life of faith? What would it be like to live a life where you have no control, where you let God have it, where you just let go and you say, whatever life's going to be, it's the ride I'm letting you take me on. Some of you cannot let him have control. That's fear. 
He's always brought you up to that point where you're, God is like, just get on the ride. It's going to be highs and lows. It's going to be times when you're scared. Just get on the roller coaster and you take the walk of shame. The devil has had you taking the walk of shame long enough. He's had you thinking that you're going to fly out of your seat. He's had you thinking that the train is going to derail. He's had you thinking that you're going to be left upside down. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. If you get on the ride, I promise you, there is going to be ups and downs. But your faith will bring you so much joy on that ride than the lie, than the lie of you believing that the fear is too great for you to handle it. You just couldn't go through it. Some of you this morning, it's time you stop taking the walk of shame. It's time you get on the ride, you get on the roller coaster, and you say, you know what, through the highs and lows, this coronavirus has been some highs and lows for some of you. It's been hard to keep the faith. Folks all across our country, it's been hard. All across our world, it's been hard. Listen, Jesus has promised. He loves you. The fact of Jesus is the greatest fact, the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection of him is what transforms our world. I promise you get on this ride, you get on this roller coaster, and it'll be the best decision of your life. Don't let the devil present error that keeps you from living the life that God has for you. Fear will keep you from getting on. Facts and faith will put you on the ride and bring you to joy. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We have and serve a good God. Maybe in your heart this morning, you've been dealing with fear. You've been dealing with the anxiety of the roller coaster that the life that God has you on. Why don't you give him that? Perfect love casts out all fear. You don't have to be afraid this morning of what Jesus has already defeated. All the devil can do is rewind the tape. He can't write a new season in your life. He can only allow pleasure in sin for a what? A season. There's an offering that he will continue to put in front of you that's it's just nothing but error, nothing but faith. But this morning, if you put your faith and trust in our Savior Jesus Christ, I promise you it will be the only life worth living. You will be able to love. You will be able to love again if you haven't been able to love. You will have confidence in our Savior. Our series of living a connected life, staying connected, the author is leading us to believe truth this morning. If you're joining us online, believe truth this morning. Jesus is enough. He is enough. Put your faith and trust in him this morning. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you don't know my God, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know more, message me. Shoot me a message on Facebook. Comment right here, and we'll find the comment, and we'll follow up with you this week. I want to introduce you to my Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to help you get on to the roller coaster of life that will bring you so much joy living a life in Him. And church, if you're here, why don't you, while you're in your cars, why don't you just pray? Why don't you pray and say, Father, help me to believe truth. 
Help me to live in Jesus. Help me to love people. I'm going to love what you love, God. I'm going to love what you love. I'm going to display faith when the devil is using fear. Pray that this morning. Pray in your cars. Just say, Father, help me to display my faith when the devil is using a tactic of fear. Pray that right now. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would quicken us, that you would bring us together to display our faith during these uncertain times. I pray, I pray that each one of us would live a life of love. And Father, that we would do it in joy. Help us to be done with that walk of shame. Father, help us all to get on the ride this morning and continue in that ride, even if it scares us. Because we know you love us and you have prepared the way. We love you and we thank you so much, Father, for your word and your faithfulness to us. In the name of Jesus, amen.